0: Here's Joanne White.
1: Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in, and I'm Joanne White, and I want to thank everybody who participated in the More Heaven because every child is special book launch, and we are an international Amazon bestseller. Thanks to you and to your generosity and for spreading the word. Just as importantly, we have somebody here today, and I'm going to introduce you to him in a moment, who did something that was wonderful, that affected so many people and really changed the lives of one particular person. And I'm talking about Coach Jim Johnson, who's an authority on the subject of realizing your dreams. He is an author, a coach, a workshop leader, and he spent 30 years developing winning high school basketball teams, including taking over three losing varsity programs, turning them into winners in a very short period of time. But he is most famous for one particular game. In February 2006, Coach Johnson made the kind-hearted gesture of inserting his autistic manager, Jason, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing the word his name right, McElwin, Now, and you'll, you'll correct me in a minute. Now known to the world as JMac, into Greece Athena High School's final home game, which the Trojans won 79 to 43. JMac alone just scored 20 points in only four minutes, including six three-point baskets. To become an instant national celebrity, in his book, A Coach and a Miracle, Life Lessons from a Man Who Believed in an Autistic Boy, Coach Johnson describes this wonderful experience and what changed not only Jason's life, but the lives of so many other people, including his team and including Jim Johnson. Welcome, Jim. How are you?
2: Doing great. Congratulations on your uh, international bestseller. It's awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Now, I have your book, and it's a great book. So let's start there. Let's start a little bit talking about that game and that decision that you made. Um, How did you know to make that decision? What happened?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, Jason uh, uh, came to our basketball program as a sophomore in high school, and he, he had a dream to... Uh, make the team and and play on our team, and he uh, tried out for three consecutive years, uh, which is very unique. I've I've coached uh, for 35 years, 30 years as a head coach, and I've never had someone try out more than uh, twice, and so um, Jason got, we got very close, and um, Jason, just for your audience, is uh, autistic and also learning disabled, Uh, but that didn't stop him from dreaming big, and so he, uh, as I said, he tried out for our team three years, and When he didn't make it his senior year, when I brought him in to share that he unfortunately wasn't still good enough to be on the team, but he was still going to be our team manager, I said because he was so loyal and and committed to our program, I wanted to give him a gift. And the gift was that I was going to put him in uniform for our final home game, which we call Senior Night. And I shared with him that I was hoping that I could get him in the game. So that that was uh, how that was set up at the beginning of the season. And then when we got closer, I actually gave him his first uniform. It was number 52. It was way too big, but he didn't care. He was really excited. In fact, <laughs> I don't think his feet ever touched the ground when he got his uniform until he got to his father's car, and it was really a neat scene to see. He was so excited. And then uh, uh, senior night came, and uh, we uh, I actually got everybody in the game. And I actually talk about it in my book. Uh, we had a lot of internal strife early in that season where I actually nearly resigned because we had a lot of difficulties uh, but fortunately with the support of my staff and my family uh, I decided to stay on and uh, and so when we got to that game with about four minutes to go uh, I thought the time was right to give Jason a chance uh, and when he got in the game the first time he touched the ball he shot a three the crowd stood in anticipation but it, it didn't even come close it missed by like 10 feet uh, and then he missed his second shot, which was a much closer shot, although I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools, but I was praying and praying <laughs> hard. And the uh, uh, the second shot was much closer, so I thought, well, the, the, uh, God is, must be starting to listen. And then he shot his third shot, which was a three-pointer, and he made it, and it was just pure bedlam. And it was... Um, in our community, we have about 100,000 people, and uh, it sounded like 100,000 people in the gym. It was just crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, God must be a basketball fan. Not only has Jason scored, but he's got a three-pointer. can't get any better than that. But uh, when it did get better than that. Jason uh, continued on, and uh, when the uh, smoke cleared with about uh, – uh, actually I'll finish with two things um, uh, he, was about a minute ago in the game he had started to make a bunch of baskets and I'm sitting on my bench and tears are rolling down my face and I get a tap on my shoulder and I'm shocked that somebody touched me uh, on the bench I look behind me and it's Jason's mother and she is bawling her eyes out and she gives me a big hug and whispers in my ear coach this is the best gift you could have ever give my son of course I was so touched by her words I cried harder and then how the game You're ended.
1: Makes me cry now.
2: <laughs> yeah. How the game ended with about 10 seconds to go, our opponent that night. And I want to give kudos to uh, the other team, Spencer Port High School, and their coach, Coach Harder. They were such gracious sports that night. But they scored, and we took the ball out of mounds. And instead of my guy that took it out throwing it to my point card, this time he threw it to Jason. And Jason's dribbling down the court, and the clock's ticking down. And he all of a sudden pulls up about three feet behind the uh, arc. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, Jason, don't shoot from there. Uh, but he launched a rainbow, and it swished. And I looked over, and the complete student body was running on the floor. The only thing I could think of is, oh, my gosh, I'm living the movie Rudy. This is incredible. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I didn't know at the time how many points he had, but, uh right after the game, our public announcer came on and said uh, uh, and the leading scorer for the Trojans tonight, J-Mac, with 20 points. And of course, my math brain, I'm thinking oh my gosh, he played the whole game we he scored 160 points. So it, it was truly uh, a, a night that uh, I'll cherish for the rest of my life.
1: You know what's so important too is that not only did you you support him, j mac but you also you know you you also gave him an opportunity an opportunity and and to his credit, jim, he never gave up i mean you said that most right. people tried out you know for twice maybe once or an, and then another year, but he was determined and I believe as you do, that's so very important what is what is j mac doing now do you know?
2: Yes, I do. We're we're actually very close. In fact, I I laugh when I travel the country to do my speaking engagements. People will say, "Do you see him anymore?" And I'll start laughing. They said, "Why are you laughing?" I said, "Well, since I left town, I've been texted ten times, and he's called me twice. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so we're very close. He actually uh, uh, after that his senior year, he uh, he kind of hung around, but he wasn't involved with our program for two years, and then. He uh, really missed it, and he came in and saw me one day after school and asked me if he could get back involved. And, uh, and I, I said sure. And uh, he has actually been a volunteer assistant for us for the last nine years, and uh, uh, it's been really neat. I see I see him a lot. I spend a lot of time with him, and uh, uh, we've had a, uh, fortunately a lot of success uh, since he's joined us. And uh, uh, so it's been a, a real a pleasure. And he works at a local grocery store. It's called Wegmans, which is a uh, yeah. A chain, but not not around the country, but on the East Coast. And uh, uh, he works there in the bakery department, and then he helps me. And he's actually gotten very big into running now. He uh, was a runner in high school and gotten away from it. And about four years ago, he came back to me and said, Coach, I really miss doing something competitive in sports. And he got back into running, and I'm proud to tell you he uh, not only got back into running, he started running marathons, and he actually um, qualified for the Boston Marathon by breaking Uh, three hours and five minutes and then his goal was to go to the Boston Marathon and break three hours and uh, he's done the Boston Marathon twice now and the first time he did it he actually broke three hours so he's a great example of uh, you know just uh, never giving up on your dreams and uh, the fact of you know using effective goal setting and putting your plans in action uh, you can do a lot more than you, you think you can so
1: well, you know what? I think it's also the fact that you gave him this opportunity. There are so many children and and youth and adults on the, the autism spectrum who have incredible gifts in certain areas and maybe some learning differences in other areas, and not everybody gives them a chance, and... and the fact that you did that, Jim, was incredible, and it not only helped him. the beauty of it, was it helped the team? It 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 gave the community a sense of understanding and compassion, and so it, it extended to so that one gesture, that one decision that you made, extended to so many people in such a positive positive way. So kudos to you for 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 having the the vision and the, the the quick decision to do that.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, certainly uh, I know, uh, you know, I believe in, you know, God and, what, you know, uh, whether you do or not, I believe there's a higher power. And uh, I really feel with a lot of the mysteries of autism and the fact that we still don't really know what causes and the fact that uh, um, when I put Jason in the game back 10 years ago it was like 1 in 150 um, children in the United States were born on the spectrum and now it's like 1 in 68 Right. so uh, that's pretty staggering uh, so I really think it was a gift from God to show um, that, you know, people on the spectrum, uh, he, like you said, can do really nice, great things. And, and so it was, uh, uh, I think it was a, a way that he could give hope and inspiration to a lot of people, uh, you know, because I, you know, I know that, that uh, you know, uh, meeting a lot of people now on the spectrum and their families, are certainly a lot of challenges, so uh, it was a, a real blessing that uh, Jason was able to, to, with this game, inspire uh, a lot of people. So, that, that, and, and the other neat thing, Joanne, is that I've uh, uh, seen a real. Certainly, I can't say it was my intention, but I've seen a real ripple effect where I'm seeing more and more stories where coaches are giving uh, student athletes an opportunity that maybe have some type of disability or something. And you know, I've seen it in, in multiple sports. So I feel good that, that it's had a positive ripple effect.
1: Well, again, it takes people like you who, who give an individual or a group of individuals again, who may have learning differences and, and may be different in some ways from the so-called typical population who give people a chance to go on and do amazing things and amaze themselves, amaze us. And by that, they're changing the attitude. They're changing the world. When when you know when I began writing that more heaven every child is special, the 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 climate for the acceptance of people who are different for autism and special needs the was just not the same as it is today. That doesn't mean that we still you know we still have a long way to go. But again, right in many schools they didn't want to see people with with special needs or differences or disabilities be there because it just seemed like like too much work and they were right. afraid so you have taken this and you have been doing some incredible workshops and and speaking points and you have something called um well you have a keynote that you do right you have one fact, I do I do
2: two I do two keynotes right now. I do a a keynote called Dreams Really Do Come True. I talk about uh, the story of Jay Mack, and then I I share six keys to making your dreams come true. And then I've studied leadership for an extensive period of time. It really helped me in my coaching career. And so uh, for the last two years, I've added a second keynote, which is called Leadership Lessons from Half Court, where I talk about seven keys to being an effective leader
1: so let's talk about the dreams keynote okay because sure. you t- have, have five now. it's six keys that you said six keys to success passion right. mission goals perseverance carpe diem team player which one do you want to just focus on today
2: you know what why don't we uh uh talk about uh carpe diem and because jason certainly um you know of course carpe diem means seize the day and he certainly did that and when I talk about Carpe Diem, uh, I share um, three points about Carpe Diem that I think are really important. And, and Jason uh, had all three of these. And the first one was: is I think you have to have an outstanding work ethic. And uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm big on quotes, and one of the quotes I always give my teams early in the year is: "The harder you work, the luckier you get So, and, and Jason was like that. Jason, uh, you know, he deserved an opportunity because. You know, he'd come to practice every day before practice and get extra shooting, stay after practice and do extra shooting. And you still see that today in in his coaching. He's always meeting kids over at our local Y or spending time before or after practice working with them. So you know, I think that's a key to being on the season of the day is you got to have that great work ethic. Secondly, uh, is that you got to have a positive attitude. And uh, As I said, I love quotes and one of the other quotes I always give uh, early in the season to my team is attitudes are contagious is years worth catching and j max was you know every day you know as i mentioned in that season where he had his magical game uh we had a lot of turmoil and yet jason came in every day with a smile on his face and and the kids really respect him because we had a a real challenging like first six weeks of the season but he was kind of i rock and then the third thing i talk about carpe diem is to keep growing as a person, having your own personal growth plan. Uh, you know, and I, I mentioned Jason. Uh, you know, set goals to uh, to uh, do the Boston Marathon. He's always looking to improve himself, and I I think that's something I take a lot of pride. You know, I I you know I started coaching. Uh, 35 years ago and when I first took over I thought I knew everything there was about coaching basketball and after my first season I was very humbled we were one in 18 and I didn't uh, like what the administration had to say to me of course what they said to me is you're fired and it was a very humbling experience but it really I learned a valuable lesson that uh, you you have to keep getting better and, and you know you can't uh, if you don't continue to grow, you're going to die. And, and I think that's a really huge thing that I emphasize when I talk in my keynotes. I also do workshops on both of the keynotes, so we can delve into a little bit deeper, and more deeper uh, with each of those keys.
1: You know, it's interesting because I, I believe that, that what you just said is very important. <coughs> I bless you. I believe that you that it that we're here to grow, we're here to help one another, to love one another and, and 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 really to make our our lives and our world a better place. And yet, we're also here to be able to extend past what we think is possible within ourselves. And so that's that's really very important. The fact that you initially got fired <laughs> yes. Shifted you, you know. A lot of people would have given up, but that's not in. That's not an equation that, that he lived live with. And I just wanted to tell you a quick story. I had a friend who, one day, I was talking to him on the phone, and he said, "I don't have any more dreams." And he was talking about, you know, dreams in terms of moving ahead. And I, I was kind of very surprised because I think that we all have dreams, whether it's to do something better, or help other people, or whatever it is. And right. about a month later, he died. And my oh, sense wow. was, when you don't have dreams, you kind of there's, you know, what what what's what else is here? So that was a very important reality for me.
2: Yeah, so, absolutely. That's a great great story. It's it's a true story. It was sad. So
1: when you talk, yeah. you have something in in um one of your leadership keynotes about creating the edge. What are you referring mm-hmm. to with the creating the edge? What does that mean, Jim? Well,
2: I, I really believe that as a leader, you have to have the growth mindset that you are always searching for ideas and methods, how you can continue to improve your team or your organization or your business, whatever you're leading. um You've always got to find different ways that you can create an edge for your team or organization. A few illustrations like in in my world of basketball, like one of the things that I did was I I hired a strength coach every year. You know, it's something I I knew some things about it, I knew how important it was, but I wanted to add another expert to our staff. So I would hire a strength coach every day, uh, every year to come in and work with our team. And I thought that was a great asset. Another thing, I, I did a lot of stuff. And on the mental part, because I think that's such a powerful thing, so one of the things that we did traditionally is before each game we did an imagery session and we would take a, pick out some segment that we felt was going to be important for our success in the game the next day and we would go through an imagery session. Uh, another thing we did is we would uh, we would shoot free throws on the days of the games before uh, school, you know, which is um, an extra commitment, you know, and, and kids uh, uh, had to realize that, you know, to be successful, that you had to be willing to go, uh, you know, and do above and beyond. and And so, I think those are the things that, as a leader, you're always trying to create. How can you get an edge on your competition? And, and it's always a challenge. And that's why I think as a effective leader, you're always seeking ideas and, uh, you know, and reading and you know the, just finding different ways that you can add uh to your organization
1: you know you're not necessarily the typical uh sports coach by any means i think that you you've included what you were talking about a strength a strength coach and doing imagery i've actually had many um athletes come to me to to learn how to do that imagery because many people it's it's like a meant like what you did with them beautifully it's like a mental rehearsal and right, right. the statistics show that when people do that whether it's through sports or an, an interview or playing a musical instrument it really improves their performance so bravo to you for having that that vision to to help your team out in that way Oh
2: thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah. leaving a profit. Let's talk about that. Me people want to know, wait, because there are so many leaders, and this is important. <laughs> so many leaders today who are interested in making a profit and right. don't think about that. And I am in total agreement with with your philosophy. Philosophy. So let's share that with our our listeners, Jim.
2: Sure. You know, I think as a leader, you you have to develop a, a philosophy, and, and that's something I share in my leadership keynote is that, you know, the philosophy that I developed as a leader, and, and what I mean by leaving a profit, is, is the mindset that everything you're going to touch turns to gold and not garbage. And, uh, you know, I, a couple of illustrations, I have a friend that um, – owns quite a few uh, apartment complexes. And we were talking at lunch back a couple of years ago. And you know, I was talking to him about this philosophy. And he said, you know, Jim, it's amazing because many of my tenants, when they leave, uh, leave the uh, apartment worse, tr- often trashed. And I said, wow, that's just a terrible philosophy that leads to poverty. And he goes, you're absolutely right. And he said, but it's amazing. And so that's a mindset. And then you know, uh, particular to our basketball program, like one of the things that I really embedded in our players is that every place we were going to go, we were going to uh, make it better and not worse. And an illustration of that would be like when we traveled to another school when we went go in their locker room. I And I was the first one to do this. and you know, I would be down, and like there was a piece of paper on the floor, I'd pick it up and throw it out. You know, I really try to implement that in our program that, uh, you know, even though I didn't throw the piece of paper on the floor, it's still a reflection of us if we left the locker room with papers on the floor. So uh, I, I really try to ingrain that into our players You know, every time, that philosophy that everything you're going to touch, you want to make better and not worse.
1: I agree with that, and I also believe that that as a leader, whether you're running a business or, or working with people, you want to make sure that the people that you're serving that you're that they are getting the best in terms of whether it's performance um a product services or whatever, because I think that 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 also is part of being able to leave a profit, being able to make sure that you're taking care they one you 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 have a sense of pride which which you do and which you demonstrate and which you teach your which you know you've taught your team beautifully and and that extends to. Whatever you're doing in life. Now you said you're retired. Are you, do you miss coaching?
2: Well, I actually, uh, it's just starting to hit me a little bit because I I retired from as a, a I was a teacher and a coach until 2014. Then I retired from teaching, but I I still I stayed on as as the high school basketball coach for two more seasons. So we just ended our my last season as a coach at Greece Athena where I was coaching for the last twenty years. Um we we uh finished twenty one and two. We had a nice season. We ended up losing in our championship game of our what we call our sectional tournament. Uh so that ended my career. I I'm I got a couple finishing touches. I'm coaching in an all star game this week and we have our banquet next week so I've got a couple things to finalize. but uh, So it hasn't totally hit me yet as far as retirement, although I'm really excited about the next chapter of my life. I've been doing a lot of speaking, and I'd like to do more. I think it's a great way to to uh, make a positive impact on people and I also uh, have become a big uh, advocate for autism. We just uh, last month ran a, a, a big fundraiser for a local autism group in our area in Rochester called Autism Up and we were fortunate to be able to raise about $25,000 for them so we're really excited about that. And we're Uh, We call it the Opportunity Awards, where they recognize some people in the community that are supporting uh, uh, their organization and helping with people on the spectrum. And so uh, that's one of the things that I'd like to continue to work with the local organization, and I certainly would like to expand and try to support uh, people all through the country uh, in awareness and also trying to raise funds uh, for uh, autism.
1: Well, you and me both. So just so you know, More Heaven, because every child is special, the proceeds are going to a local uh, Pennsylvania organization called the Autism Cares Foundation. They're creating um, a center of excellence, and I'm very excited to to help raise the funds to do that. So
2: That's yeah, great. I- Kudos to you.
1: I think it's important that there are people like us and people all over the world who who are passionate and compassionate and understand the importance of sharing and giving and reciprocity and and goodwill. There's something else in one of your key notes that I think is I want to address and that's Again, I I share so much with you in terms of your belief system, being a servant leader. So let's tell our listeners what that's about, Jim.
2: Yeah, the thing that, uh, and this took me later in life to really to discover is that, um, you know, as a leader, uh, you know, you're always thinking about how you can make your team or your organization or your business better. But, you know, the, the thing that really, uh, that I is really th- think is that being a servant leader is that you're developing others. And uh, like one of the things, like I just retired from my coaching career, and they have not named my replacement, although I, I believe it'll be my assistant coach who's been with me for the last 16 seasons. And one of the things that I really, it'll be important for me is, uh to really help still continue to mentor him as he moves into the head coaching position and I, I think that's a huge thing in servant leadership is that you're not just developing yourself but you're trying you're developing others and 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 always trying to find ways uh, you know, I think sometimes in the old leadership model was that you know everybody was serving the leader, and I think the true leaders today are are the ones that serve the most people, and I, I think that's a really powerful concept.
1: You know, mentoring is such is is wonderful, and it not only helps the people that that are being mentored, but it also helps the the person, the leader, who's doing that. You learn so much. From what you're doing and the idea of being able to help and be compassionate and giving is just, I think, an incredible gift that we can give not only to other people but to ourselves. We learn so much with that experience that, it, it you know, it's just invaluable. Yeah, for sure. What did you learn and what are you continuing to learn from the families with autism kids with and and youth and young adults who are on the the autism spectrum what are you learning and what have you know what have, what are they teaching you
2: Well, I I tell you, I'm going to start with a humbling story that um, uh, about a month after Jason's game in 2006, I was asked to speak at a uh, a school for autism in uh, uh, Delaware. And at that point, you know, I I got to know Jason and he, you know, he's what they call highly functioning on the autism spectrum. And and certainly, you know, he has some things and challenges uh, that, uh, you know, I was getting comfortable and, uh, you know, with. But when I went to the speaking engagement, I actually uh, was dropped off to the airport after I spoke. And uh, it was a mother of a child that was going to school that was on, that had autism. And I, uh, to make a long story short, I, I missed my connecting flight. And so I ended up spending the night with that family that was very gracious to allow me to stay until I could get a, another flight out the next day. And I, at that point in my life, had never... Spending time with someone that was severely uh, on the autism spectrum, and their son was very severe. And it was a very humbling experience, but it really made me realize uh, the the challenges that people have, you know, with a family member on the spectrum. And it just it humbled me. And it also really wanted me to even think more of how I could give back and help help others uh, because, uh, you know, there's uh, two things that I've learned. Number one is that a lot of people on the spectrum can do a lot more than people will give them credit for. Uh, and I certainly learned that through Jason as well as other people I've met on the spectrum. And secondly is that uh, – that uh, you know, like Jason had this magical game, but then sometimes people come and you know, Jason would drive me crazy. How do you? I said, well, just because he had this great game doesn't mean that he's not autistic anymore. And that you know, the one thing that I've understood is that you know, some of the challenges that you have with some of the things that happen with people that are on the spectrum. And so, uh, you know, I think it's really helped me become uh, more compassionate, more understanding of the challenges, and certainly, uh, you know, I want to be someone out front in in trying to help uh, people uh, and families, you know, that are involved on the spectrum.
1: And I think it's a very important mission that you're on and kudos to you for doing that because um we need more people like you. So, what's next for you? I, I know you said that you're going to be going on and doing more speaking and and, mm-hmm. and is it just these two keynotes or are you developing more tell us tell us what your plans are even though you they're, they they may not be totally formulated cuz you still have to you still have to feel retired a little bit.
0: Right,
2: right, right, yeah. Well, I'm certainly, uh, you know, I think these two keynotes are, are a really good start, and as I mentioned, I do workshops on them. I also do a goal-setting uh, workshop that I've done with, you know, uh, students, um, you know, when I've gone into schools and that kind of thing. So, and uh, you know, the other, I, I do right now have a, a, another a keynote that I'm starting to put some notes on, uh, and I, I think I'm going to call it Who's Your Mac?" you know, and just talking about uh, – <laughs> Uh, how to uh, work with people, and, and you know, in building a team or an organization. So that, that's one of the things. Uh, because I, I spent, you know, my whole career, uh, you know, building a team. You know, each year, and so um, that's something I think I want to share with all the knowledge I've gained and the good, the bad, and the ugly in developing and you know, getting a group of people to, to try to work together and you know, for a set of common goals. Is uh, it sounds good when you put it on paper, but uh, there's many challenges. And, uh, I've learned, uh, men. So, you know, but my big thing is, is I want to, um, really try to give back to the world and try to help as many people as I can, uh, uh, be successful. And, uh, and I also want to stay in touch with, um, my my kids in my basketball program I'm really proud that a lot of them come back to us and you know since I've retired I you know I've met with uh, a number of players that have played for me uh in the last few years for lunch and, and breakfast and you know got a chance to catch up and so um that's really good and important to me as well and then and, and lastly uh you know I uh, my wife and I have been married for thirty three years so uh she's still teaching. She's gotta retire uh uh two more years before she retired and we we were hoping to travel a little bit more, and uh, we only have one son, he's a lawyer out in uh, Los Angeles, California, so we certainly would like to be able to go out and spend a little time with him as well.
1: I think that's a great plan. Now, we're talking about building a team. What We don't have time to go over all of that, and certainly you're developing your keynote for that, or or one of your, your um, seminars. What do you believe from all your experience, Jim, in creating teams and building teams? What do you see as the most important or one of the most important
2: components to team building? I think the first thing is you as a leader, and then uh, is building a culture. And to build that culture, I think first of all you got to have a mission for your organization. And when you do that, I think as a leader you have that vision of what you want. But I think the hugely important thing uh, that's often and it was difficult for me early in my career because I, I wanted to, you know I think uh, I thought I had all the answers. Is that I, I think the most effective leaders are great listeners. And, and they get input and feedback all the time from you know their team members or business people or you know whoever their their, their group is that they're working with. Because if you don't have a common vision
0: uh, and, and
2: then build that culture around that, you know what do you value and, and what's most important each day for you guys in building, you know to try to accomplish the the goals that you're trying to make. Uh, but it, if you don't have that. Culture, Culture established, and uh, get people uh, believe and trust in each other. Then, then it's very hard to have a successful organization or team of any kind.
1: I, you know, I think that's that's very true. So I wish you the best of success. Tell people, Jim, how they can buy this book, Co- "A Coach and a Miracle: Life Lessons from a Man Who Believed in an Autistic Boy," and how they can get a hold of you and find out more about your upcoming seminars and programs?
2: Sure. Uh, best way is I do have a manager. Her name is Kate. That's, uh great that we work together. And uh, my website has all that information about both the book and, and all the different things I'm doing, uh, services and speaking and workshops. And they, the website is uh, coachjimjohnson.com, which uh, is coach, C-O-A-C-H-J-I-M, J O H N S O N dot com. So uh, uh, that has all kinds of information. It does have a little video on on that magical night, and um, it's got a lot of neat things on it. Uh, I do a weekly blog and, and a monthly newsletter that um, you know your guests can sign up for. That we can stay in touch in any way that we can support you. Uh, we'd like to do that. That would be great.
1: So we only have a couple of minutes. What do you want to leave our listening audience with, Jim?
2: yeah you know, i i think the thing that uh i've really learned and, in, in you know as i've you know i'm i'm fifty six years old now so i'm i'm probably past half time uh, certainly i'd like to see if i could live over a hundred years but uh uh is that uh, how can you uh, leave a legacy? And I think to leave a legacy, I, I think it's most importantly is, you know, having the mindset. Uh, my favorite American that I've studied uh, quite a bit is Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, you know, he, he made a, a quote. He had a number of great quotes over the years, but the one that always has touched my heart deeply is he said that we all can be great because service leads to greatness. And we all are capable of serving, and um so that's the mindset I want to leave people is is you know to leave a legacy the the biggest thing is is how can you add value to others and help make it a better world for all
1: and and you know what that is so important, and people need to remember that it that it doesn't matter how large that service is or how small because whomever you're impacting and helping and coaching and and mentoring and and contributing to their their life and their well-being you're making an impact and you're making a difference jim you are making a, an incredible difference in so many people's lives the, the your team your teams throughout the years must have been very blessed to have you as a coach. You not only are caring and charismatic, you have vision and, and you certainly were able to shape those people, not just in, okay, it's about winning, but in so many, so many ways. So kudos to you
2: and to everything that you're doing. And I
1: wish you the best of
2: luck. Thank you very much. You too, uh, Joanna. I look forward to uh, growing our relationship. And uh, I know it seems like we have a lot of things in common. And uh, keep up your great work. And I look forward to to, uh, working with you again.
1: My pleasure. And we definitely will. Have a blessed day, Jim. And remember, folks, go to CoachJimJohnson.com. Find out about everything that he's doing. Take a look at that little video, which I'm going to watch when we're done because I want to see that. And find out about the book, A Coach and a Miracle, Life Lessons from a Man Who Believed in an Autistic Boy. Thank you for the book, Jim. I love it. And have a blessed My day. Please.
2: You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.
1: What Jim was talking about in terms of never giving up and and really being of service to other people is, is really something very important that we can all live by and learn from. I think that's so wonderful. Remember that More Heaven, because Every Child is Special, is on Amazon and it's on barnesandnoble.com and we are supporting the Autism Cares Foundation in their creation of the future center of excellence, which I'm very excited about. I, I know the founders and they, they, are, they have an autistic son. But more than that, they are there to help the whole community. Remember that you have the ability to empower yourself and empower others, and that's what this show is about, Power Your Life. Next week, March 23rd, we have David blake Chatfield, who's going to talk about how to crack the code to happiness. And through his book, Taking Control, cracking the code to happiness. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for Power Your Life. You can always find out more on Blog Talk Radio about it on my website, drjoannwhite.com or docwhite.org. Remember that there are other shows. There are blogs on there. There's a lot of information about other things that we're doing, a lot of articles. So stay in touch with us. We love that you're here. And thanks so much for being you each and every day. Remember to empower yourself and empower other people and power your life. Thanks for joining us.
0: You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire.